create history with every stride at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, a unique opportunity for runners to conquer a course over the sea at the LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, a breathtaking 42-kilometer route on India's longest sea bridge. The Atal Bihari Vajpayee, Siri Nava Sheva Atal Setu, on 18th February, LNT Sea Bridge Marathon, in association with MMRDA and the Times of India, medical partner, Zainova Shalbi Multi-Specialty Hospital, protein partner, Way 91. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. American Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for today is called Other Side of the Stars. I remember Mount Wilson and the 100-inch telescope. And I remember the astronomer Van Dyke and the little house of galvanized iron on the very edge of the summit. That was the house that had Nothing inside it. The absence of everything. Now, I have no explanation of it. I think perhaps Van Dyke knew something about it. Up there where you used to be able to look down at night on the lights of six dozen cities and towns. You could look up, too, at the stars and the planets that seem so tantalizingly close above you. If you wondered about them, well, maybe Van Dyke might tell you about them. Maybe. Remember that flying saucer craze about a year ago? Well, Van Dyke could probably tell you something about that, too. If he wanted to. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I've got plenty of reason not to laugh. Well, don't you grin at me. You and I are both in the same boat. You and I and everybody else. Up that old creek without oars, friend. Now, I'm not a refugee from Stupefying Stories magazine. My name isn't Glob Glodge, XP314, and Tars Tarkas, Dedek of the Tharks is still Edgar Rice Burroughs' personal property, as far as I'm concerned. Now, I'm not even the eagle-eyed, needle-nosed mad scientist with the two heads. Now, I'll take that back. Maybe I have got two heads. But I know something you don't know. Yet. I know what's out there on the other side of the stars. Or shall I say I know what was out there? Oh, excuse me. What do you want, young man? Excuse me. Oh, come barging in here. Isn't that on the air sign turned on out there? Huh? Well, can't people see we're busy in here? Can't you do something about keeping them out of here? I've only got a... All right, all right. Where was I? I said I know what was on the other side of the stars. And I know where it is now. Or I think I know. That's what I'm here to tell you about. If people will stop bursting in here while I'm talking, get out of here, you! I'm sorry. Well, wait a minute. You might as well come in and hear what I've got to say in here. You'll keep opening and shutting that door. Sit down there. No, no, there, there. Just sit down and keep quiet. Yes, sir. Who are you, anyway? I'm... I'm Dorothy's brother. What's your name? I'm her brother, Steve. 
She did have a brother named Steve. Steve? That's me. Now, what do you want? I just want to hear this. What, you know, what you're going to say. How did you know I was... I heard about it. Well, I've known Dorothy for more than 20 years. She... Your name is Esau, isn't it? Yes. Esau. Excuse me. I met Dorothy more than 20 years ago. I met her when I was at Peach Springs, Arizona, before I started off up in the Yavapai Indian country looking for the well. Before Steve here was born. Uh-huh. Peach Springs, 20 years ago. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there since 1928, September. Then it was a stop-off for the transcontinental buses, such as they were. General store on the edge of the Yavapai Reservation. They were so proud of their new frigid air. Yeah, right alongside the general store there was a corral where the Indian cowboys seemed always tangling with rawback range cattle. Not very far away from the Grand Canyon, remember it well. Dorothy told me about the well. I was looking for the gold, of course. For the old map that showed where the well was, the old map with the Spanish words and the mark like the planet Saturn, complete with rings. Marked Poso Tel Cielo, well of the heavens, well of the sky. And the other words alongside it in the crabbed soldier's handwriting. Lleno de oro y plata. Full of gold and silver. Full of gold and silver. And I was the first man who'd seen that map since... I think it was 1542, maybe 1543. Wasn't anybody in the world who'd seen it for nearly 400 years till I got hold of it. Went looking for it. For the gold and silver. Was that the well where... Dorothy got off the bus from Los Angeles when I did there at Peach Springs. I wasn't aboard it when it started off again. And neither was she. Then she went with me looking for the well of the skies. It was just that simple. Dorothy was working for some museum of... She was investigating prehistoric Indian dwellings. Uh She was going north and so was I. Oh, it was all right. We'd been walking about an hour through the mesquite and talking. There was a rattlesnake, big sidewinder. Dorothy produced a gun from somewhere and very casually shot its head off at 15 feet. I stopped talking, I remember, and Dorothy put away the gun. I know how to use a gun, she said very coolly. See what I mean? I saw. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get on. That time's a wasting there. There wasn't any gold, and there wasn't any silver in the well of the stars. You found that out right away? We found that out right away. There wasn't anything except a skeleton and some very well-preserved pieces of 16th century armor, including a beautifully engraved steel cap, Marion, I I think they call them. Marion. And a sword. Rapier sorted with a basket hilt. You've seen them in pictures. Why don't you tell it all? I'm going to. I think it would be better if you don't mind. I'll tell it all. I'll tell it all. About the music. I've got to tell about the music. Dorothy said when she came up... There were foot holes cut into the sides of the well. She went down first because she said she wasn't as heavy as I and I could hold the rope better in case she fell. She went down as far as the rope would reach, about 15 feet from the bottom. She stayed down quite a while. Finally, when she came up... She said she heard music down there. Didn't you? I wish you'd stop prompting me. 
Excuse me. That was all. Just music. In a hole in the ground that was at least 400 years old that nobody had seen since 1542 or three. Nearly 100 feet deep. Music. That's all. Just music. You know how far away the stars are? The stars, not the planets. The planets are close. The planets of our sun, I mean. But the stars, they're their father. They're so far away that astronomers measure the distance to them in what they call light years, just to make it simpler. A light year? Well, light travels 186,000 miles a second. A second. 186,000 miles. There isn't any such distance, not on this Earth anyway, around 25,000 miles around the Earth at the equator. That's the farthest you can go, if you're a human being. Anyway, try and think of 186,000 miles. Then you multiply that by 60 for the distance light travels in a minute. Then by 60 again, and that's how far it travels in an hour. Just light, see? Then if you can still figure, multiply that by 24. That's the distance light travels in one day. And 365 times that is how far it travels in a year. That's a light year. In round numbers, 5,829,196,000,000 miles. And the nearest star is more than four times that far away. Alpha Centauri is its name. You could look at it some night, maybe. And the light, you see, started from there more than four years ago. Alpha might be bright purple now, and you wouldn't know it. Not for four years. That's what Van Dyke, the astronomer, told me, and Van Dyke, the astronomer, knows just about everything. The well. You were talking about the well. What? And Dorothy. Well, I have to tell the whole story, don't I? Pardon me, I'm... I mean, pardon me. You just shut up, Dorothy's brother. You just keep still and don't say anything. The hand on that clock just keeps going around. The first thing I I'm know... I'm sorry. It was dark night when I finally climbed up out of the well. It was just like Dorothy said it was. The rope was too short to get all the way to the bottom. And when I came up, it was dark. And there wasn't a sound to be heard. Except once in a while, a coyote howling somewhere way off in the distance. The music... Tell about the music. I heard the music, too, while I was down in the well. I didn't say anything for a couple of minutes after I climbed out over the rim. Finally, Dorothy said in the dark, did you hear it? I thought for a minute. I wondered if I had heard it, or... You see, there wasn't a sound up there on the ground, like I said. And I thought for a minute, and finally I said, yes. Yes, I said I heard it, too. I don't hear it now, though, I said. Listen, do you? No, I don't hear anything. Well, what do you suppose? I don't know. I never heard anything like it before. Echo, maybe? No, it wasn't an echo. It came from... Where? Up above. here to make any music, though. Indians? Uh-uh. Not like that. Esau. What? Build a fire. Yeah, I guess I'd better. Go ahead. All right. 
Well? Listen. What? Well, listen, I'm... Honest, I'm scared. Uh, what? So am I. You've got that gun. I don't... I'm not sure that gun would be much use. I... You think there's something down there? Do you? I don't know. Maybe we ought to go back to Peach Springs. We ain't break our necks in the dark. I don't know which way it is either. Go by the stars? No. I'm cold. Blankets. You got blankets too? Yeah. Esau. What? What do you think it? Oh. No, what? Look there. At the mouth of the well. What? You see a, a, a kind of light? No. Well, don't look right at it. Look kind of to one side. I don't see anything. Do you hear anything? Do you? Do you? and the armor. Then when the ice had finally melted away from my heart and I could move at last, I aimed my flashlight toward the well's mouth and in the bright beam I saw a poor harmless lizard choking its little life away half a foot from the lip of the well. And Dorothy and I looked at each other in the dark. I guess she laughed first. In a minute, we were both practically in hysterics at the senseless fright that had gripped us a moment before. Finally, Dorothy said, I'm going to sleep. She pulled her blanket up over her head and leaned back against a rock. After a while, I did too, still chuckling to myself. But just before I drifted off to sleep, I looked up at the stars, and they seemed so horribly close to us. And then I was asleep, and I dreamed of music that came either from them or from the well that yawned there beside us. And when I woke up, I was all alone. There wasn't a sign of anybody as far as I could see. And I've never seen Dorothy from that day to this. But you, you talked to her. What? Yes, I've talked to her. Yes, I've talked to her. That's what I wanted to tell about. Van Dyke, the astronomer, told me a lot of things when I talked to him. Van Dyke knew what that well was. And he knew about the music. He knew where that came from, too. Music. Yeah, I'd better tell you about it. I never heard music quite like it before. I couldn't place it. It sounded something like... Well, like somebody talking, only whoever it was used music instead of words. You could almost understand it. After a while, I did understand it. Tell about trying to find Dorothy. The first thing I thought about, of course, was she'd fallen. I wasn't very enthusiastic about climbing down in that well, naturally. But there wasn't anything else to do. 
she wasn't down there. The skeleton was still there on the bottom of the well. When I got to the end of the rope, I jumped on down. There wasn't anything at all except those old bones and the pieces of armor he'd worn when he was alive. And at last, in the light of my flashlight way down there, a hammered silver bracelet. A hammered silver bracelet I'd seen the day before on Dorothy's left wrist. But there was something else down there. What? What did you say? Something else. How did you know? I know. Yes. There was something else. I didn't know it at the time. If I'd known it was there. But I didn't. I didn't know about it till after I'd talked to Van Dyke and it was too late. I should have known it all falls into place. Now, the name of the place, Poso del Cielo, Well of the Skies. The music that came from nowhere. I know what you mean, but, but I don't think they do. Excuse me. We think about this Earth, we think it's the most important place in the solar system. It isn't. The solar system is not very important either. Will you keep quiet? I'm sorry. No, the solar system isn't very important either. It's only a tiny little bit of the... Universe? Not universe, it's plural. We're all part of what we call the Milky Way. Billions and billions of universes. As far as anybody could see with the biggest telescope ever invented, and the people in the other universes are just as ignorant of us as we are of them, just as uninterested. Except a few of the scientists. Now, let's not talk like one of those magazines, young man. Uh, Steve... The chances of an intelligent being from another universe even seeing this one of ours is pretty remote. Well, certainly there are intelligent beings in the other universes. Don't be so self-important. No, they're not necessarily like us. They aren't like us, as a matter of fact. Why should they be? Who are we? Just leave it like that. There are intelligences other than the so-called human race. Hate us? Don't be silly. Most of them don't know we exist. Afraid of us? <laughs> it's sillier yet. The well. Oh, that's right. The well. You don't think the so-called human race dug that well, do you? You don't flatter yourself that that music was produced by human beings, do you? You don't think Dorothy disappeared through any human means, do you? The only answer in each case is no. The human race didn't have anything to do with it. Why? The thing told me. The thing at the bottom of the well. The intelligence from the other side of the stars, friend. Van Dyke told me all about it. Van Dyke knows an awful lot. Sometimes I think Van Dyke is... Not human? How would any human being figure it all out and be so right? Because he's right, all right. Tell it. The well, Van Dyke said, was a kind of telescope. Yeah. Telescope isn't the right word, but it was a, the same thing as a telescope, only... You know, astronomers just look at the stars. The silent stars, the stars that never make any sound. You just see them. You don't hear them. What... If you had a telescope for sound. 
Why should the stars be silent? I'll tell you something. They're not. They're just so far away we can't hear them. Yeah, talk all you want about having to have atmosphere and stuff to be able to hear sound. That's human reasoning. And these people, the stars, they know one or two things we don't know. Stars? People? Certainly the stars are alive. Certainly what's on the other side of them is alive. Well, go right ahead and laugh. I don't care what you think. You'll find out different. Only it'll be too late, see? You? About Dorothy? I have a couple of other things to say first, Steve. Then Dorothy. It was 20 years ago that I first saw the Well of the Skies and heard the music. It took me 16 years nearly to get the story all wrapped up from Van Dyke and from my own researches. I even took Van Dyke to see the well. He listened to the music and he laughed. You don't know Van Dyke. You never heard him laugh. Gives me the creeps. A little more than six years ago, he gave me the machine. You've heard of the electrocelegraph. Machine that does something about recording thought waves, brain waves, works, purely scientific, hard facts, all that. This thing is something like an electrosolograph, Van Dyke said. Put on these earphones, turn it on, watch the dials. That's all. Understand the music? That's right. Understand the music. Translates it into thoughts. Translates it so you can understand it. The music, the conversation that comes from the stars and the other side of the stars. And from the thing in the well. The thing in the well. And Mike told me what to look for. Too bad this isn't television, you could see it. It goes with me everywhere I go. Well, you can hear it anyway. That's it. That's the first intelligent thing from the stars, the other side of the stars, that anybody on this earth has ever encountered. Just a little sphere, just like a ball. Feels like an egg, kind of, except it's not hard and brittle like an egg. Warm to the touch, moves, thinks, does whatever it wants to, talks by music. Now, I don't know much more about it, except it's alive, very highly alive. Tells me it's closer to plant life than to our kind of life. Color? It's kind of grayish green. Very undistinguished to look at. Do? Well, it came from the star Alpha Centauri. I told you Alpha Centauri is four light years away. It took four years for this thing to get here at the speed of light 186,000 miles a second. And here to stay. That's right. Here to stay. Found this earth by sheer accident. Curious about us. Do anything it wants it to. It can do anything it wants to. Yes. Maybe you'd like to hear it. Hold the microphone over here close, Steve. Here, closer. Yeah, that's it. Just 
Steve, move the microphone over here closer to the earphones. Yeah, so. Now. Just a second for the tubes to warm up. Now we adjust this dial, this one. Listen. Lisa, I was told you almost enough, but there is still Dorothy, more to be Dorothy's told. Dorothy's voice. I found it very useful to absorb, Dorothy. It is very difficult for me to form impressions of you human beings without much closer contact, without making your physical being a part of my own. There was only one other in all the time since I came to this universe, a Spanish the soldier. The armor. And then when you and Dorothy came, it was necessary to know more about current conditions. All I knew about human beings was what I found in the mind of the Spanish soldier. You have made a few steps forward since his time. The rest of us will be interested. Move the microphone, Steve. You see? That's what became a Dorothy, Steve. Dead? No. No, Steve, Dorothy isn't dead. Dorothy's a part of that. Just like we're all going to be a part of the others. Excuse me. I mean... I was out in California two weeks ago. Van Dyke, uh, he's still at Mount Wilson. He wouldn't go to Palomar. There's something about Mount Wilson and the 100-inch telescope and the little house on the mountaintop that's got nothing in it. I told you about that. Now, Van Dyke doesn't want to leave. Van Dyke showed me a photograph made through the 100-inch on the 3rd of March. Yeah, let me show it to you, Steve. Stars. You describe it, Steve. This picture was made toward Alpha Centauri. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Alpha Centauri there. Now, there. You describe what you see, Steve. I... Oh, no. Go on. Stars. Millions of stars. Hmm. And this? Cloud. A cloud blotting out the stars from a sixth of a light year away. Two months ago, sixth of a light year. Now, this photograph, made April 7th, Steve. Steve. The cloud, it's bigger. The twelfth of a light year, closer to the Earth, Steve. They're coming. I don't know. Put the microphone over here closer. Yeah, by the machine. Here, listen now. Here is the word from the other side of the stars. Here is the word from the beings, the intelligences, the things from Alpha Centauri. Listen. Welcome. Welcome to this place. Welcome to all of you. This place they call the Earth. It is not bad. It is an interesting place. I am glad you have come after all this time. The inhabitants will give us no trouble, whatever. They are very inferior grade of intelligence. Is that... What can we do? I mean... It's too late now, Steve. Much too late. At the speed of light, they're less than a day away. But they... From the other side of the stars? That's right, Steve. They've come to take over the Earth.
title of today's Quiet Please story was The Other Side of the Stars. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper, and the man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And Jane White played Dorothy. The young man was Mark Forbes. As usual, music for Quiet Please is by Albert Berman. Now for a word about next week, our writer-director, Willis Cooper. Thank you for listening to Quiet, please. Next week, I have a love story for you, for a change. It's called The Little Mornings. And so until next week at the same time, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chapman. take any chances with your family's health. Each year, be certain that you and the others in your family have a chest x-ray to determine whether or not you have TB. Chest x-rays are available at your local tuberculosis clinic. Please take no chances. Have a chest x-ray. Help wipe out tuberculosis. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. This is WJZ, New York's first station, and WJZ-FM. For the inside version of the news, the factual highlights that lie behind the headlines, listen for Drew Pearson coming up next. Stronger, shock-resisting, yes. Create history with every stride at the LNT Seabridge Marathon, a unique opportunity for runners to conquer a course over the sea at the LNT Seabridge Marathon, a breathtaking 42-kilometer route on India's longest sea bridge. The Atal Bihari Vajpayee, Suri Nava Sheva Atal Setu, on 18th February, LNT Seabridge Marathon, in association with MMRDA and the Times of India, medical partner, Zainova Shalbi Multi-Specialty Hospital, protein partner, Way 91.